Welcome to another episode of the JMS Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you're tuning in from iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, please do not forget to subscribe. Let's me know how many listeners I got so I have a bit better idea what I'm dealing with. So subscribe, press that button. Check out the JMS Podcast Facebook page. You see pictures of me and the guest and a lot of other good stuff. And if you need to contact me for any reason, Jorge, uh, you know, at the podcast, just email jmspodcast at gmail.com. All right, got a great episode today. Today, I interview comedian Johnny Korn. He, he has been a comedian here in San Jose for a long time. He's been all over the Bay Area. Uh, he's actually pretty well known in the comedy networks over here. First time I met him. And he's, he's a real nice guy. Way too nice. Well, not too nice. He's just the right amount of nice. Very energetic. And uh, he has a lot of good stuff to say. Uh, we had a great conversation. So I really believe this is a great episode. Um, I got upcoming shows. You want to check it out? Upcoming Thursday, the 23rd, I'm going to be performing at the Blue Lagoon in Santa Cruz. I hear nothing but great stuff about this venue. First time I'm ever going to perform there. I am excited. And uh, so it's Thursday, 23rd. It's free. And the show starts at 8.30. By far, I've heard it's one of the best uh, comedy shows in Santa Cruz. So if you're in the area, stop on by Thursday, 23rd. Come say hi to me. I'll be awesome. I'll, I'll love to, to see you there. And yeah, how are we doing, people? How's life out there? Hope it's great. I'm still recovering. Uh, last night I went to a bike party. Yeah, I got my bike fixed enough, uh, early enough to participate in this bike party. And it was a lot of fun. It really was. Um, went down the Alameda to, through Japantown to Berryessa. And man, I had lots of fucking fun. I haven't had that fun for a while. It, don't get me wrong. I've been on the other side of the coin. I've been that guy stuck on a red light, even on a green light, but I can't go anywhere because these fucking mob of bikers, you know, are taking up the road. I end up, you know, in traffic for like a good like half an hour, you know. And I've been there. I really have. You know, I, I get pissed off seeing all those happy faces and I just, uh, I really uh, fantasize about just plowing my fucking car right into the the center of all those bikers i've been there however when you're actually participating in a bike party it's actually a lot of fucking fun you know you go bike party people are like fucking waving at you and oh my god i really you know and i had a good time uh and there there had a dj and i danced my ass off that's right i danced i didn't give a shit I was like, fuck it, I'm having such a good time. I'm going to show how bad my dance moves are. But, hey, they didn't get the music these days. You don't even have to dance. You know, you, do you remember back when you were younger? Like, there's actual dance moves you had to know for the music. These days, it's all fucking, like, you know, EDM shit. EDM shit, you don't have to dance. You can be a shitty dancer and still blend in. Just jump around, wave your arms, and fucking look like having a seizure or something don't fucking matter you know so there I was jumping up and down 
Actually, I'm surprised. Uh, this is the second bike party I've participated in. The first one, I was out of wind. I was like, oh my god, I, I barely survived. This time around, I was better conditioned, so I, sur- I, I, I survived. I survived the, uh, the biking uh, six miles, dancing my ass off, and biking back to downtown San Jose. So I'm real proud of myself. And uh, I made sure, you know, in these bike parties, for me to really get the full experience, I, you have because you have these bikers that are like DJs, they got like speakers and music. Key thing, I feel, is you need to be around these guys. Because the whole idea of cruising around with, with a mob, with like a soundtrack in the air, it's an awesome feeling. So I, you know, you know, the, another hard part is finding someone with music that you know aligns with what you like. So me, I'm cruising past these different people with speakers and different music, and finally, I found the one guy who has some awesome music, you know. And but this guy was a tricky motherfucker. This guy would totally speed up. Go through like you know different obstacles and me my you know amateur biker ass you know trying to keep up with him. Oh, now that was something. That sneaky DJ, biker DJ. But yeah, bike party, it's great. Well, it's great when you're participating in it. It's not so great when you're you know trying to get home from work and and that. I get it. All right. Enough about that. Let's get to Johnny Corn. Johnny Corn, yes, right, yeah. He's, he's, throughout the podcast, you want to be known as Johnny Corn. Yeah, I want to clarify that. Okay, thank yeah. you for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, how you doing? Let's start there. Oh, I'm 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 excellent. I'm <laughs> doing really well. Thank you. Okay, but you're a, a stand-up comedian. I, yes, I follow you on Facebook. And Johnny Corn, or at Comic Johnny Corn, if it's uh, Twitter too. Twitter. Yeah. So, how long have you been doing comedy for? I started uh, the first comedy show I ever did was in 1987. Holy shit. Like here in San Jose? Here in San Jose, yeah. Over at the wow. Ritz Pub and Pizza, yeah. What was it called? The Ritz? Uh, the Ritz, yeah. Is that where the new Ritz is at? No, this is actually located over on uh, Moore Park Avenue. And, um, well, the, the story behind that is I wanted to be a chef. Uh, you know what? I, a chef is a career choice in my list as well. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, I was actually going to be going to, in fact, I did. I went, I went to culinary school. Um, Which I school? Was, uh, Mission College. Mission. Yeah, I, I didn't know so. they had a culinary program. Oh, they have a big. Uh, cl- at least at the time, they had a big culinary program. That was actually like the place to go. And um, so I was doing all these like different uh, voices, and I was impersonating the owner. And the uh, owner called me into his office, and I thought I was fired. Yeah, I really did. <laughs> for for playing around too much. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> and so he calls me in and he says, "You know, you're funny. You're really funny. So what we should do is, um, I'm going to." Do make a comedy show for you, and in the uh, restaurant. In the restaurant, yeah. What kind of restaurant was this? Uh, it was a, a pub and a pizzeria. 
Okay. Um, Italian restaurant pizzeria. And did they thing. usually have like live acts? Uh, they did. They had a lot of bands and stuff like that in oh. there all the time. So. And, and did they, did they have comedy shows? Uh, I was the first. You were the first uh, for that location. Yeah. And so like growing up, uh, being a comedian wasn't in your in your mind. It was not on my radar at no. all. Although I mean, I I listened to uh, like. The button down mind of Bob Newhart, and I would listen to Moms Mabley and and uh, all these records, you know, and but I it never really occurred to me that to actually do that as a career path. Oh wow! And were you born and raised here in San Jose? I was born in San Jose. Yes. Yes. Um, I to uh, I'm a Irish American, uh-huh. um, and I actually make fun of my Irish heritage quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, how how deeply rooted are you in your Irish roots? I mean, do you, have you visited Ireland? Oh yeah, no, I've I've been there. Okay, you know, I have I still have relatives over there. I have relatives there in England, uh, Australia. Okay, um, so uh, they're kind of scattered to the wind now, but yeah. And uh, you grew up. Uh, your parents. What did they do? Well, my dad was a university professor, um, and at San Jose State? at San Jose State University. Wow. Yeah, in fact, he was um, also uh, a lecturer. And we'll go around the world uh, lecturing. His uh, he wrote a couple books. One was on John Brown, the uh, abolitionist. Um, he was actually really well known for his work uh, with Civil War, um, and that was kind of his area of study. So he was a, a historian professor. A historian professor, yes. Uh, I think I meant history professor. Uh, his yes, yes. yes. Well, both <laughs> both work. Yes. Uh, and then my mom was a registered nurse, um, okay. and she worked for uh, the Santa Clara County. Um, health department and in the tuberculosis clinics. Oh. Um, so, uh, which we still, I don't know if we still have those or not, but we did at the time. Oh, yeah, I'm so. sure we do. Uh, yeah, I'm I sure. Mean, there's I'm clinics sure for almost everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And how did, growing up with siblings, did you have any siblings? I have three older sisters and a younger brother. Okay. So you're like right in the middle. I am four out of five. I'm the oldest four son. Out of five. The oldest son. No, no pressure. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Especially when when your parents are in, in academics or something like that. Oh yeah. Well, everybody knew who he was. You know, uh-huh. I still get stopped uh, with people in certain circles, depending where I am, saying you're you're Damon Alty's son. You know, it's it's funny. Do you, do you look like your father? I look exactly like my dad, except uh-huh. taller. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I you know I have a beard now, but. Yeah, if I was clean shaven and had shorter hair, yeah. yeah. You take pictures of me and him, you go like, oh, which one's which? <laughs> yeah, it's that close. Is he still lecturing at San Jose State? Uh, unfortunately, he passed away in oh. um, 2002. Um, but yeah, I mean, his. But that tells you how much of an influence he had because people are still. You know, it's funny because when I get stopped, I don't know if it's because of me or because of my dad. So I don't know until they open their mouth, like, um, oh, you're, you're Professor Nazis or. You're Johnny Corn. Either oh, way. so they recognize you by voice. Uh, well, they recognize me. Uh, some people have seen me on stage, and so they they recognize me that way. Oh, okay. Or they go like, "Oh God, you look familiar," and they're like this, you know. And then they go, like, "Oh, oh, 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 you are you related to uh, Damon Alty?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm his son." <laughs> yeah. And uh, for the most part, were they supportive when you got into comedy? Well, you know, it, it's funny because like, uh, not at first. Um, my dad was basically one of these guys that was like, well, you know, do whatever you do. The only advice that my dad gave to me was be happy at what you do. Cause if yeah. you do something that you're not happy about, then you're going to be miserable. So just be happy, you know, and, um, just do what you love. And my mom's more like, 
eh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? My, my family's the same way. Uh, you know, my 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 mom and my dad's like, oh, stand up. Are you trying to be a clown? What's going on here? You know? Yeah, it, it's funny because my mom's now. My mom's like, how much are you getting paid? Oh. It's like, mom. Sometimes I don't do it for, for. I mean, I do it for pay sometimes, but yeah. sometimes I don't because, like, if it's a, uh, um, like, for example, I did a, a benefit of the veterans hall uh, over in uh, Hollister. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, another benefit, um, which is going to be revealed fairly soon um, for uh, a cause in Africa, and it's like, no, I donate my time sometimes, and she doesn't quite, mm. you know, like, oh, they should be paying you more. Yeah, it's, well, it's time uh, equals money. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you put enough time, you should be big by now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you for your support. Well, you started in '87. Yeah. Here in San Jose. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a bit about the comedy scene here? It was different. You know the the uh, the type of comedy shows that they would have here. They didn't have nearly as many uh, open mics um, as they do now, and they had showcases, uh, more showcases. So you'd have like it was about fifty fifty. The difference is that, like, uh, we've gotten into this era of marathon comedy where uh, I'm going to have a comedy show and it's going to last five hours. You know, Uh, like some of the shows you'll see like 12, uh, 14 comics on a showcase. You know, now that's how it is now. Really? Yeah. I mean, a lot of check out like some of the flyers and you'll see like all these names and they all get like five minutes, you know, know, seven minutes. And. In the day, you know, the the mentality was always leave them wanting more. So no. yes, do a ninety minute show, a hundred minutes. That's it. Yeah, you know, see, so that less comics on a show. They would go in, they would do their thing, and then they they would go. And then um, I had actually left. Well, I didn't really leave the comedy scene. I just took a hiatus when I had my radio shows um, and came back to it. And that and the scene had changed just in that little bit of time. Well, six years, I guess, it's not a little time. Well, well, let's let's track your trajectory because you see you took a hiatus. So eighty-seven, you started. Yes. And then you've been heading up local open mics and showcases. Right. And then you got a a job, a gig at the radio station. Which radio station? Uh, name them. <laughs> you know, it's like all uh, of them, really. Well, yeah, because what happened was uh, I I worked originally uh, San Jose City College Radio. I was actually uh, did that in college under the name Psycho Cow, which was my first um, stage name. Yeah. Sorry and, for the blender people. Yeah, no, no, no worries. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, margaritas, hey. Margaritas. No, actually, that wouldn't be... Uh, I wish I had a margarita. I could use a margarita right now. It's yeah. pretty hot. But... Uh, okay, so Psycho Cow was your DJ that, name. That was my... my Yeah, it was my uh, radio uh, DJ name. In addition to that, it was also my first name for uh, comedy. I did John Alti, which is my birth name, briefly. And then I went to Psycho Cow uh, from like, I'd say, 1989, 88, 89, somewhere in there, all the way through 2002, 2003. Um, but in that, I worked for um, Cara of Santa Clara. I worked for KLIV uh, behind the scenes, you know, uh, running their board, actually, uh-huh. uh, answering the phones, uh, screening callers, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, I started working for Q92, which is gone, but that was over in Salinas, and uh, fill-ins on KDON, and I also did fill-ins for uh, KRTY years ago. And during this time, no comedy? During this time, no comedy, because I was also going to college, and um, I was also planning a wedding, so it's like, um, you know, so all that stuff. So some people say, well, you shouldn't count that, because, you know, you weren't, you know, as your experience, because you were, 
not in the scene. And I'm like, well, I kind of was because that's why I was. I, I got the well, show. Well, you were in the entertainment scene. Right? Yeah, I mean, the yeah, radio. So I, I think it counts. It does. It but, does. You know, a personality. Were you a radio personality? Or? I was radio personality for a couple of different uh, radio stations. The the radio. St- it's easier to say the stations that I work behind the scenes in because uh, there are only three. Yeah. Uh, I work behind the scenes on KLIV, KRTY, and and uh, Kara. Um, all the other ones uh, that I worked for, uh, I worked like as a radio personality, and I would just get canceled from one and then get a job somewhere else. <laughs> it's usually how it works. It's usually how these things work. Yeah, you know, TV, film, and, and radio. Well, you know what I loved was like when they'd come back with the um, the ratings, and they'd go like, "Oh, you know, this group, th- this uh, demographic thinks that you you're fantastic. This demographic sucks. Unfortunately, that demographic is the one that our advertisers want." Yeah. So, see you later. You know, I, I currently go to San Jose State. Oh, okay. And uh, I'm a film major, but in San Jose State, they call it radio, TV, and film yeah, theater. See, I, I kind of had the same main. Yeah. So, I, I had to take some radio classes. And the whole process of, of tracking, you know, cumes, you know, cumes are like the peop- listeners, and there's an almost uh, a science behind it, you know. The, yeah. The, the gathering of information of how much a radio uh, actually has listeners and, and demographics and. And and it boggles my mind, and and how much you know you know, marketing plays a big factor in that. Well, yeah, and it's it's more sophisticated now than it was in the '90s when I was uh, going through the uh, course. Because I, you and I probably went th- are going through kind of the same stuff. Because I, I was originally a culinary major, and then I changed to uh, broadcast journalism. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know if they offer broadcast journalism now, or if it's kind of like in the film. Uh, I, I, I think it's more. Either in the journalism department now. Yeah. Okay. Or, yeah, because it was kind of like um, my wife was actually a uh, photojournalist uh, major at San Jose State University. So I mean, San Jose State has a lot of. Um, well, my dad was also a professor there. Yeah. Um, I had a couple siblings go there too, so it's like you know that's that's my my school is San Jose State Spartans. Spartans. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you mentioned you went to. Uh, culinary what, yeah what kind of what kind of food were you planning to well do? what i really wanted to do is become a pastry chef that's oh. what i really wanted to do fascinating and so um my and it's it's funny because i made it up to line cook in some of the restaurants i was working in um and then i would be offered an, a job with a better wage at another place i'd jump ship to that place and then be a line cook there so i did that for a while and so uh but Food has always been my my first love. What I would absolutely love to do at mm. some point is um, be on a TV show about food. Uh, ah. That would just because I think I can probably entertain people because I'm like I'm nuts. But uh, I, I think people underestimate the the food business, the food industry. I think it's 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 so essential, and because you know. Just eating food, you know, it, it changes your moods. It, it, it could alter things. Yeah. Uh, not only that, but there's an art form to it. Yeah. And ma- making the food, if you know what I'm talking about. Well, no, no, it's true. Because you have to have certain, t- like, if you're preparing something correctly. Yes. Okay. Um, then you should have different um, notes hit at different times, kind of like music. So, like, you have, like, different tastes that kind of blend into another taste into another, and so you d- get these different flavors yeah. as it uh, if if you're doing it right. Yeah. Uh, the mistake a lot of people do is they just pour a bunch of um, spice, yeah, seasoning, and seasoning, and yeah. they think that that. But what happens is you don't get the key notes, you don't get the right. uh, the uh, under flavor. You know, there's there's actually different flavor notes. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, like, it's hard to explain. Like, no, I, I totally get it. Because my generation, you know, we're, we're kind of we grew up where everything's already made for us, processed, right. packaged. So I feel like a lot of people my age are not cooking as much as I feel they should. Well, yeah. Because me, when I cook, it's it's it's, it's therapeutic too. You know, just taking yeah. the time to to wash the vegetables, to cook, and it's a concentration. And for me, you know, I find uh, artistic value in it. At the same time, it's like it's 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 almost you know prime primitive uh, a task that we all should be doing the idea of cooking our own food. Well, that's that's true, and fresh food is much better for you than the processed stuff because they have to make it a certain way for it to stay good. Yeah. Until you get it, if you prepare something from scratch. It tastes completely different. Uh, a good example of that is even French fries, even even like junk food, uh, for lack of a better word, yeah. can taste so different fresh than it does when you pick it up over at um, a fast food place like the major chains. Oh yeah, dude. I, I used to uh, work at this restaurant and freshly potatoes, fries. Oh my god. Yeah, it's, and that's one of the reasons why I think like In and Out does so well because they're like, yeah, you, you get addicted to the fries because they do it fresh. Yeah. You know? And uh, they do really simple. They just actually wash it off, cut it, and fry it. Do you have any like chefs you look up to? Oh yeah, I mean like there's a lot of them that I look up to. Um, and and it's funny because like, um, th- God, there's just so many of them. It's like uh, wh- I I love watching uh, Anthony Bourdain. Oh, I love Anthony and, Bourdain. Uh, you he- know, to, to talk about TV shows, if I was to make a food show, that's the ideal show I would love to make. Is a yeah. travel food show. Yeah, and he does it really, really well. Um, I I like him a lot, and uh, he's actually a really, really good chef too. And his he's just snarky enough that he gets. I get the humor part of it too. It's like I think it's hilarious. You know what yeah. it is? I'm not about you, but what I love about him is when I work in the kitchens of, of restaurants. I, I can imagine him being there. When, yeah. when I look at, at, at chefs who are like in, in Food Network who are like always, you know, a certain... I don't know. For me, it's like not the same because in the kitchen, yeah. in the kitchen, it's it's fucking war. Well, it's fucking war and, and there's a, a lot of cussing. Yes. There's a, a lot yes. of, you know, and pretty much stuff. And at one point, I related it to comedy. Like people, when they look at comedians performing, it's the same way they look into a restaurant and they expect... It ought to be nice, and it should be nice because that's yeah, the goal. Yeah, it should. But they don't know how much blood, sweat, and tears is put into that food, is put into oh, that yeah. joke, and that's what I'm saying. It's and with Anthony Bourdain, he's just you know for me, I because I worked in the kitchens, he relates to me a lot more. It's like he gets it. He yeah. gets it that it's not always pretty roses all the time. He gets it that it's sometimes it's about personality that comes out in the food. Well, and what happens is people tend to sanitize things. So, like, for example, you're talking about Anthony Bourdain has a good way of saying stuff well, yeah. very well versed, where he can kind of lay that there's kind of an underli- underbelly to this. You know, uh, but comedy, there's an underbelly to it uh, as well, and a lot, of, a lot of competition and stuff like that, which is... Uh, Weird to me because like if I see a really good comic, yeah, uh, or a really good chef for that matter, whenever when I was in, yeah. Yeah, I was going like, oh god, I got up my game. That's how I would think about, it. but yeah. not everybody does. Yeah, I mean, as far as competition in comedy, it's it's first something to to the food industry where you respect them. 
It, it's more of a res- it's not of envy. It's more of, for me at least. It's yeah. out of respect. It's yeah, more res- of, it's more I, like hey, he he took it this far. That means I'm, I could take it that far too. Yeah, and and the thing is that like um, the reason why there's so many different types. See, food and comedy are very similar. There's yes. so many different types of food because there's so many different types of palates out there. So you go and you think about comedy or music or anything really. There's different types because there's so many different. Um, tastes and so many different um, types of personalities and that type of thing so you just kind of you have to have a whole genre I mean like you have to have variety hmm. you know it, it and so you know I never say to someone hey that guy's not funny you know if I don't get him or his comedy or her or her comedy that's on me yeah you know for yeah. not not getting it. It, it they're doing their thing they're, they're doing their art uh, if I don't understand it, that's that's totally my fault uh, for not getting it, and I really do try. Same thing with music. Yeah, film same way. I I, I never disregard a film. I mean, if I think a film is bad, I think oh, it's just not for me. I'm sure there's someone else that would enjoy it. Yeah, you know, like it, 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 there's so many films where I try to have people watch because I love it, and they end up not liking it. You know right, that feeling? Right, right. So you gotta watch this. It's so good, and then they're just disappointed, and you're, and you're like, oh fuck me. And but then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, it's, I think the same goes with food. It's like, hey, try this food. You know, for example, yeah. uh, I had a cousin come from Minnesota. And I, apparently, Midwest people have a certain palate. Oh, yes. But me, I try to be the cool cousin and be like, hey, let's get some Thai food. And she's like, I never had it. I was like, have you had any other food besides? And she's like, no, not really. So Thai food, I, I got her really good stuff. And she did not like it at all. You know, it it, it happens. Yeah. You know? and, and comedy is very similar. It's more like, hey, you know, check out this comedian or check out, you know, yeah, my comedy. And some people dig it. Some people don't. Well, it's it's kind of like people ask about like uh, Johnny Corn and how different like what what's my genre. Right. A comedy genre. Ooh. And it's like, oh, don't don't label the, me. The whole compartment. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you can't really do that. You can't no. really typecast people. Well, you know, and everything's progressive. So everything's always constantly moving forward, whether it's music or uh, comedy, TV shows, movies, uh, plays, anything. Right. And so it, it's like my comedy is so different than what other people expect. And people expect the old uh, psycho cow still to this day. And so I've actually put some old psycho cow jokes back into my routine to, um, you know, as a tribute. But I'm now Johnny Corn. I'm completely different than I was. How would you describe your comedy? You know, it's very, very hard. Let me tell you, um, if people pay attention to the arc and it only in the long routine. Um, so if I'm headlining somewhere, that's actually the, the best time because you get to see the entire transition. So you see me start as a good Catholic boy. Wait, you have a narrative to your routine? Yeah, there's an arc to it. Uh, but people don't even realize it cuz they're all, uh, actually like watching That's amazing. Yeah, so like at the very beginning I'm uh, uh t- talk about being Irish and Catholic. Okay? Which is true. It's all true. And then at the end I talk about being a porn star. Um so I take them on this trip that starts where I am um just g- this good Catholic boy and by the end I'm talking about like I should have been a porn star. And and so there's this arc that people don't even realize they're on until they're at the end of it. And then I've had a couple people uh, come up to me, like after I did uh, the Granada, uh, a couple people came up to me and they go like, wait a second, you, I didn't realize this until afterward, but you, you, you tricked me. <laughs> so that's fascinating because you, you see, I, I find respect in that, in that way you structure your, your, your routine. 
because it's it's for me it's like wow it's like it's storytelling at its finest it's a storytelling where you take the audience to a journey and that and that journey happens to have a plot twist yeah and people what people don't realize is that they're on this at the time yeah. they think i'm kind of meandering and and that's on purpose i mean i do meander because i have add so they're following me through this whole add trying to figure out my brain and then at the end they're like wait a second that was a 180 degree turn from what, what the beginning was uh-huh. or even 360 depends so i'm back in the same place um no but it it's where psycho cow was more um political satire and and slapstick and just being uh, being an idiot basically <laughs> yeah. well you know i'm fairly new to this to to comedy uh a stand-up at least but two years now Oh well, that's that. No, that's that's time. I mean, you, you put some time in. But but I think I'm still at that point where I'm I'm still fresh enough to experiment with different, you know, political or stuff. You know, I can't describe my stuff really. The, the best thing I can describe is probably depressing stuff. I think. Well, uh, there's I, humor I, in depression. Well, you know, because I, I talk about you know personal stuff. You know, right, the, right, right. Storytelling of my, my stuff. But you know, sometimes I venture to the political. Sometimes I'm in. And I don't know, like you being in in the comedy game for so long, do you feel like eventually do you find your your, your voice? Yeah, well, yes, and it took a while. And and here's um, in uh, 2003, I got a cease and desist letter uh, for the name Psycho Cow. Uh, oh, tell me about that. How did okay. that happen? So what what happened was is a, a a tech well, not really. It's um, I want to say tech company. That's not right. It, it was a dot com, and uh, they basically registered the name Psycho Cow, which I never did uh-huh. and so they own the rights to the name and so i took that as a time uh particularly since i had made some statements about the iraq war that wasn't really that uh popular at the time coming out against it before we went in um this was 2003 so that, two th- yeah that's the year that they invaded yeah uh, and I, I was uh very verbal let's put it that way about my opposition to that um and so in between that and uh, my dad passing away and um, losing the rights to the name uh, Psycho Cow, I thought, well, I'm going to come up with a new alter ego. So I go over to my sister and I say to her, hey, you know, I, I need another name. And uh, my sister Mary said to me, well, why don't you use uh, Johnny Corn since, you know, take ownership of the name since that's what we call you. And I did. I developed a routine around it. Uh-huh. And then, you know, so it's, it, but it took me a long time to kind of get my, get traction because I wasn't sure what I was doing. So all those old times over at Mr. Walker's room, the old room that he had over the Brit and stuff like that, you know, I was trying to figure out who Johnny Corn was. Right. And it took a while. It took more than actually two years um, to figure that out because it's so radically different than what I was doing before. Now, when it comes to, actually, you kind of scared me. I think I should register Jamis podcast now. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> I should. It, uh but the whole stage name process, uh, how important do you think it is to have a stage name? Well, the reason why I did uh, Johnny Corn as opposed to John Alty, because John Alty is my legal name, uh, my, my birth name. Uh, the reason why I don't use it is because people, nobody pronounces it right. So it's like uh, Nick Nolte, 48 Hours, ruins my life. <laughs> because what he did was it, it went from being N-A-L-T-Y to N-O-L-T-E. And so like on a lot of the uh, flyers and stuff that would go out, they would put N-O-L-T-E. And I'm like, that's not my last name. Right. It's <laughs> not it. You know, I, I kind of have a stage. Mine's, it's Jorge M. Sanchez. Uh-huh. Uh, but people don't say Jorge. They say George. Oh, see. Uh, George and at first uh, I don't know like at first it didn't bother me but now it's like you know it's a brand like I'm trying to get yeah. a brand I think that that's where that's, the alter ego the stage name comes from is you're building your brand 
so when people would know when you're performing that oh it's 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 yeah Johnny Corn and and that's exactly it it's it's like Johnny Corn is um a name that's also easier to remember um and that's one of the reasons why I did it easier to remember and because it's a brand it's kind of, boy people probably won't get this but it's like Jeep or Coca Cola or I don't know RCA or you know Frigidaire it's it's a brand and so people know what to expect when they see that name mm. uh, and so you know branding is important in in comedy you know entertainment period yeah yeah so uh but like do you know the story behind Johnny Corn? Well, I, I, you, your sister said that that's what they called you. Yeah. So is that your, your family nickname? Yeah. And well, okay. So how the nickname came about is I, I, I don't know how many people remember the Joey doll by Fisher Price, but there was a doll that had where you tie the shoelaces. It had a removable jacket, you know, that sort of thing. And my mom bought it for me because she thought it looked like me. So, um, so, <laughs> I, so I turned to her. It looked like you and your father, right? Yeah. 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 Very much. Yes. Yeah. It just looked alike. Remember? I got exactly. It. Exactly. So I, I turned to my, my mom and I said, do I need to, to call him Johnny Corn? I was very little at the time. I was probably, I'm thinking like I was probably four-ish. However old you are when you learn to tie your shoes. Um, I learned it pretty late. I think I learned it in kindergarten. I was like five. Uh, okay. Five yeah. Is, so, that is that too late to tie your no, shoes? No, I mean, that, I, that I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I wasn't really the brightest kid. You know, it, well, uh, you know, you know, my, my dad likes to boast that, you know, I learned my ABCs when I was like one, but it's like, I haven't learned to tie my shoes till five. Well, you know, but that's a different uh, skill altogether. Right. You know, it's like, um, you know, it, but I, it, God, that's a good question. I don't know how old you are when you learn to tie your shoes. I don't know if that's average or. Well, for the sake of, yeah. of this, you're four. Four, four or five. Four, uh-huh. four yeah. So, uh, what I turned to my mom and said, Do I need to call him, uh, Johnny Corn? Or sorry, do I need to name him, uh, Joey? And so she says, No, you, you can name him whatever you want. And so I said to her, Okay, great. I'm going to name him Johnny Corn. And she goes, She's kind of laughing. You know, she goes, uh-huh. like, Why Johnny Corn? And she says, after my two favorite things, me and corn. It shows you the mentality of a, a four or five year old or however old I was. <laughs> yeah. And my, I have three older sisters and they, they thought, oh my God, this is hilarious. You know, and so from that point forward, I was Johnny Corn. And so all I did really was take ownership of the name. Yeah. You know what? I, I think I was on a similar journey. For the longest time, I wasn't called Jorge. George was, was my name, my main name. It's how I introduced myself as George. And then ever since I got to comedy, I embraced the Jorge. Right. I, right I've right. actually said, you, you know what? I, I think it's a good, it's different, you know, from the other, you know, Jorge. I mean, it's it's something, because Jorge is something I grew up and be made fun of, you know, like, you know, I get nicknames like Hey Whore, Jorge, whatever. Mm. And so, in some weird way, I'm not really ashamed of it, but I wasn't, you know, proud of it. But now it's like, hey, you know, I could, I could use that, that, energy to something positive like a brand name or something yeah, yeah and and you know there's it, it's funny because like people go like corn isn't that irish and i'm like well nalty is yeah because my my legal name is um john patrick nalty right uh, the patrick that, yeah, yeah see yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah a little little irish uh my both of my uh grandfathers were john patrick so being the oldest son it became easy which you grandfather know? immigrated first uh but, well, I guess they both did, you know. So, actually, no. Was, yeah, yeah. I'll have to check on that. Oh, that's my mom. Was it back in like Gangs of New York times? No, no, no. It was much oh. more recent than that. Okay. It was probably uh, early twentieth century, late nineteenth century. Um, 
And my, my dad actually was born in the United States. He was born in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Mm. And uh, my uh, he ended up, his, his dad, uh, my grandfather got a, a job in Oakland. And that's how he ended up in California. Oh. So, um, it, Great Depression, he was going like, you know, you got a job if you move to Oakland. Uh, okay. You know, because you don't know what other job was going to ever well, come across. Was know, so. he in, in military or was he in? Uh, my, Cause well, my, ti- dad, my dad was, yes. Yeah, because at the time, Oakland had a big military presence. Oh, no. Uh, he, he was a postal worker. Okay. Uh, so he actually applied. Um, see, he was he used to be a jazz musician, and uh, amazing. Yeah. So so is my uncle Homer, for that matter. So you come from a family with artistic genes already. Oh yeah. Well, you know, and I I play music uh, as well as my sisters and brother. Uh, my brother plays drums. I play um, like seven instruments. My my mom didn't really inherit that gene, mm-hmm. but my dad could play you know string bass and he could play drums. I'm just yeah, learning the guitar. So I have my first uh, music show coming. You know, out. That, I, I have great respect for that because that's uh, w- string instruments, with the exception of the piano. Because, mm-hmm. uh, but do you consider that a string instrument, really? You know, our friends are having a debate about that. Yeah. So, yeah. but because, you well, know, what do you think? I I think it, it's kind of its own thing, uh, and the reason why I say that is because if you know how to play the piano, you also know how to play the keyboard, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's essentially the same thing. Okay. Yeah, it's the alphabet. <laughs> Makes sense, you know. So it's like the keys in the same spot, the you know the whole thing. So, uh, but but it, it's funny because I grew up around music. Uh, my dad was a big jazz music fan, and so he would like play uh, jazz like all the time. So I really kind of got into it, you know. And it's funny because I was playing. Uh, we had graduation for my uh, niece's uh, college. You know, this is a couple years ago, and so we had a get together. And my sister has a piano in her front room. And so I was playing the piano. My mom walks into the room and she goes like, listening in for a while. And then she turns, I didn't know you had talent. That is my mom in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> I cracked up. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah, so my, uh, so that's how uh, we ended up in California was my uh, grandfather was like, okay, I get a job as a postal worker, but I have to move to Oakland. Great okay. jazz scene in, in Oakland too. Yeah, yeah. Back Yoshi's the, and then you had. Well, this is even before all that stuff. This is back in 1930, uh, 35, 36. Oh wow! You know, so it was the jazz era. Uh huh. There you, know? you go. And so there's pictures of my my grandfather playing the piano, and um, you know my um, my uncle Homer uh, was uh, into jazz as well. And then um, I, my brother and I, uh, used to write like. Uh, comedy songs together when we were teenagers mm. you know um, okay. and you know he's now um, he's in the Coast Guard my brother okay uh, up in uh, well actually he's stationed in uh, for San Francisco Bay now but wow. long time he was in Humboldt hmm. let's go back to your, your comedy uh, it, sure. se- uh, it seems we like off. It, it, it's perfectly fine <laughs> but uh, something I noticed is you're really big in activism in your comedy Yes. How, how did that come about? Were you always the the starting off? Were you always you know the activist? Because you yeah. produce a lot of shows for great causes. Well, yeah, yeah. Or I participate in in the ones even that I don't produce uh, too. Um, I'm I'm a big believer in giving back. Uh, but I've always been political. When uh, in the 1980 election, keep in mind I was 11 years old. The Reagan. The, yeah, Reagan. Reagan. Uh, it was Reagan and and uh, uh, Carter. But uh-huh. there's a third party candidate that uh, his name was John Anderson. And I remember telling my parents to vote for John Anderson because his his um, uh, 
cap and trade uh, policies, uh, or you know, his his idea on cap and trade makes a lot of sense. You know, we got to reduce uh, uh, like the greenhouse emissions so we can clean the rain and clean the air and all that stuff. So I was telling my parents that my dad was going like, "John, you're 11." <laughs> What do you know about the environment policies? <laughs> yeah. So, it, it you know, I, I remember, uh, so I was, I've always been like that, you know. So, what, like, uh, for example, some of the, I'm, I'm a big believer in giving back because you need to leave the world a better place than you found it. And so, um, I, there's a couple of things that I've gotten involved with. Um, I started the um, movement to free Vasu Pramani. Yes, which, uh, which was my next point. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, my... but, but since you brought it up, let's get to oh, that. Okay. Uh, she is a stand-up comic uh, from Oakland. Uh-huh. Uh, she and I know each other actually really well. Very, very, very good friends. Born and raised in Oakland? Uh, no, she was born in uh, India. Uh, moved yeah. to the United States years ago. I don't even know when. It, like She was young when she moved over. And, and you knew her from comedy? I knew her from comedy. And in fact, we met in Mr. Walker's uh, old room. The Brit? At the Brit, yeah. Of course, when you say Walker, listeners, Atu Walker. Yeah, Atu Walker or Mr. Walker, either way. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, she and I hit it off. And so uh, I would do some of her shows in Oakland. And uh, she is a phenomenal comic. Well, her parents are still in India. And so they were, uh, you know, pushing 90 at the time. Mm-hmm. Or may, may have been in their 90s. She goes back over there to go in and um, kind of take care of her parents and be around, you know, uh, for them. And she became quite big in the uh, Indian comedy scene. Uh, she did some TV interviews, and she's, you know, openly gay. Uh, she is definitely an environmental activist. And um, so, you know, she she was one where, where the two of us just kind of clicked on so many uh, different levels, you know. So she ended up um, getting arrested and uh, imprisoned for a while. Now she's out on bail, but she's still not able to leave India. Um, Why was she arrested? Well, the charges that, that they had were uh, fraud and uh, forgery. Now what happened was she started a nonprofit uh, environmental um cause in the United States it was uh, and and you know um, when you go into a hotel and uh, they ask you if you want to wash your your towels or that type of thing uh, her group actually is the one that kind of went to the hotels and said okay to save water um, you know this is one of the things you can do to kind of cut costs save water and help the environment and that type of thing that's the sort of activism it is that uh, nonprofit was started in California and it has to do with, um, you know, mostly uh, hospitality management. And uh, she got awards both from um, Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was governor, uh, Barbara Boxer, who is, um, you know, so both sides, you know, Democrat, Republican. Um, and she used the name of an environmental activist in India, uh, you know, named the group after this environmental activist. With permission, uh, they met in two thousand and three. Written permission or was it verbal? It was written permission. Okay. Yeah, um, and there's pictures of it. It was um, overseen by a judge, uh, so it's all here in California. Um, and so when uh, she, they basically said that she never got permission for the name. That uh, she was. Oh, so they retracted. Yeah, basically what okay. they said was, um, you know, now the, keep in mind this environmental activist that she's that, that she's using the name of, 
is pretty legendary, but she's also a hundred and some odd years old. And so I'm not sure how her, um, recalling skills. I don't know how her memory is. I don't know. I just don't really know. Uh, but what they're saying basically is that she used it as a front to, to get all this money, you know? Uh, and so the thing is, it's a nonprofit filed with the internal revenue service. They could, and they're not allowing like the documentation that said here here's the the us using the permission for the name here is the irs documents um showing that and that this is a completely non-profit thing that she didn't even take a salary from this all right um and so um basically the thing is people ask me all the time what does this have to do with me uh and it is can you imagine being a u.s citizen which she is mm-hmm. um being held indefinitely uh, for something that didn't even take place in the country in which they're talking about. You know, this is actually all stuff that took place in California that they're getting after her for. So uh, do you feel these whole charges are is a front to something else? Oh, I, I, absolutely. And I don't know exactly what, because there could be a couple of different things. I do know that she was on TV not too long before she was arrested. Uh, and they had tried to intimidate her before, like uh, going to her shows and stuff like that, and see so it have these. Like, was it her comedy that got her in trouble? Do you think? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm fairly positive about it because she's very open about being gay, mm-hmm. and she's also very open about women's rights, and she's very open about like trying to uh, uh, the environment and um, the treatment of of uh, gay. Uh, well, not just gay causes, but also uh, women causes. Uh, the, the she did this parody that I thought was hilarious, but it was basically um, a satire on w- women or men raping women um, and then uh, them blaming the victim. Mm-hmm. And so it was very well done. And it was not too long before she was arrested. So there's any number of things that she could have done um, that would have caused it. But, you know, I like the idea of you have a voice, you express your voice. There you go. Try to make the world a better place. And we're not even talking about like, um, so I'm, I'm going to wear the, the shirt every performance until oh, I, I just noticed you're wearing the, the yeah. free Vasu, uh, Primani shirt. Yeah. Oh my God. I wear this yeah. at every performance, um, public uh, performance that I'm allowed to. Yeah. Uh, there are some, venues, you're allowed to. Yeah. Because some venues don't want any logos on the shirts at all. Oh, okay. um, and so, and also, if I could do corporate stuff every once in a while, and they're like, uh, uh-uh, no activism. Hmm. Yeah, you have to do straight comedy and can't swear. So, huh. um, but okay. so that's a different thing. But like a lot of them say no logos. Hmm. Um, not so much here. In Bay Area, we're, we're different, but you get into some of the other areas uh, of the West, you know, uh, smaller communities and that type of thing where right. you're doing it. They're like, no, no logos. But the, the free Vasu, was that name Vasu? Yeah, Vasu uh, Pramani. It, so, see, I find that a scary thought to to think of a government imprisoning somebody yeah. over comedy. Yeah, I think a lot of because uh, it's not just India; it's so many other countries as well. Oh, sure, Middle East, South America, uh, even in Asia. I mean, I, I think Americans don't realize the fact that you could because um, today I feel in some different fashion uh, the the current trend of comedy is more on a uh, online shaming more than yeah. the government but yeah. but still it's the whole thought of not just censoring somebody 
but the fact of imprisoning somebody well, and because that's, of something offensive. Yeah, and keep in mind, uh, too, uh, that uh, we are very, very lucky to live in the United States. And my relatives that live in um, Ireland, England, you know, very, very lucky. There are certain areas of the world that things are just not what they are here. And mm-hmm. so you go into these places and you think, well, I, I can do my thing. You know, it, it's like uh, comedy is truth telling. A lot of a lot of it is. And so um, I get involved with causes that I believe in. But I also anytime I put a statistic up on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, I double check it, make sure it's accurate. Mm-hmm. But people need to know uh, that this is going on, because if they don't know what's going on, they'll never change. It won't change. It's uh, yeah. What are some other causes you've you've been part of? Uh, well, um, I created a, a show called uh, Off the Hook Comedy Showcase, and I tried to do causes through that. And what it is is a comedy showcase in a bar in Campbell um, that basically brings up and coming comics, and we uh, basically have a show once a month. And so they're all like very good quality comics. And um, but I always try to not oh not every month, but I do try to do causes with it. Uh, so I've done. Uh, like uh, food drives for Second Harvest Food Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done clothing drives for uh, the homeless. Uh, I have done toiletry drives uh, for the homeless. Uh, I did uh, a cause where it was um, collecting like uh, cooking supplies for uh, the battered women's shelter. Um, in addition to that, I have gotten involved with uh, veteran causes uh, with uh, David Barabee and Barabee Productions. Um, and so he kind of got me into that uh, as well. I'm going to be doing some causes uh, having to do with uh, Ebola. No, that's not right. Ebola? E. coli? I forget the... Uh, well, it's it's African... Um, God. I'm trying. I'm just drawing a blank on the disease um, huh. right now. But well, Ebola is a disease. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I think it is Ebola in Africa. But I want to double check that. And that's going to all be revealed on my... Um, on Johnny Corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, at on Facebook or uh, the John Nalty personal page or right, you know, so it's it's it'll be revealed in due time. I'm w- still waiting on information on that, but huh. um, it it seems like you found a, a good place in your art to express these activist calls. Do you feel other comedians should have some sort of a social responsibility to to kind of uh, you know since we have a power of exp- Putting information out there to the masses. Yeah, it, it, should we have some sort of responsibility over it or not, or do you, does it depend? You know, it, on it's it's things? it's funny because not every comic would feel comfortable with it, but you know, like it or not, and a lot of people don't want us to be role models. Mm-hmm. They don't want any uh, entertainer to be role models. And you I don't want to be a role model. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it kind of goes along with the territory. If you are actually a um, have a platform, um, why not use the platform? I I tried to do this. Um, uh, Random act of kindness, where I just do something random and nice for someone else. It doesn't have to be big, and it's not financial, you know. And then I don't tell anyone what what I've done. It's really to kind of uplift other people that I feel need it. And so I do that as well. But it's like if if people would just um, if they see something wrong. All I'm saying is, if you see something wrong, or if you see something you can change, why not change it? Yeah. Do you feel like people are, are more uh, conservative to to do anything? Uh, I I, uh, I think what ends up happening is that people well people are busy number one 
Or they hesitate to, they to make do. a change? Yeah. Because they're like, oh, God, the problems are just so big. I can't really make a change. I can't really do anything. And it's like, you know what? If you make a little change and another person makes a little change, another person makes a little change, and just just, just a little time, you end up with this tidal wave of kindness that mm-hmm. kind of uh, goes out in all directions. It's like a, a tsunami of kindness. And that's really what I'm trying to do. It's one of those things where uh, I want to leave the world a better place than I found it. Now, where in point of time in your life did that come uh, upon you? I, I mean, uh, did you grow up in a household where that that was taught, or uh, not, did, was there a point where like you know what, I I, I, sh- I should do some good in this in this it, thing? I'm it's doing. a very complicated question actually because there's two things that happened to me. Um, I became very 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 sick when I was eight years old, and um, nearly died. In fact, here's my uh, my scar. I have a trach uh, scar. What happened? Uh, ended up stop breathing. So they did an emergency trach uh, on me and uh, started breathing out of my neck. Like your and, lung just uh, just I had to function? I evidently uh, had uh, pneumonia. Oh. Um, and I the trachea tube had swelled shut. Um, and so that's why they did the trach. And so um, I remember waking up in the hospital, not knowing how I got there. And um, after I kind of, eight years old, Eight years old, and I remember thinking to myself, "God, I, I was spared for a reason." Um, and it was—it's hard to explain to anyone that's not gone through it. But at that moment, I was like, "I'm going to—I was spared for a reason. I got to figure out what the, you know. I—I—I I, I, I got to make the world a better place." And that's really where it started. Where it really kind of came in is um, when I was transitioning from Psycho Couch Johnny Corn. I uh, had kind of felt like, you know. There's just because uh, you had that uber nationalism where where you go like, you know, we're right, you're wrong, uh, we're going in no matter what, and so sort of thing. And I'm like, you're referring to the war, yeah, referring to the Iraq War and and all that stuff that happened right after 9/11. And I was thinking to myself, we really need uh, a change where people just do the right thing for no reward uh, other than it's the right thing to do. And it was at that point that I um, started. Well, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna just do this because I was uh, more politically active with uh, PsychoCal, and I was trying to figure out like how can I be politically active and not turn people off uh, because yeah. they're turned off to uh, to PsychoCal. So I had to kind of create a new alter ego. So I was going like, well, I can do all this stuff under the radar, and people will have no idea what I'm doing. And so that's actually why it shifted because I used to just. Um, say stuff like this is how I feel and kind of make jokes about it uh, okay. you know, do it through humor yeah um, like like one joke I had in the old days um, and it turns out actually I think the report was false because I think that it's more complicated than than they first said but they you know but they the you, ni- you're referring to the 9-11 commission report you got it okay yeah so the 9-11 commission report basically said that Iraq had more oh, sorry Iran had more to do with uh, 9-11 than Iraq. Because uh, of the funding. Uh, because of the funding and all yeah. that stuff. So they said Iraq didn't have much to do with 9-11. Iran had more to do with 9-11 than Iraq. And so I said, well, in President Bush's defense, Iran, Iraq, he was off by one letter. <laughs> um, you know, and that, that sort of thing. That, that's like an old joke that I used right. to do, you know. So... Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so so it, you know that's usually you know I used to try to get people through that through uh, humor you know and I even do now because I'll put posts on um, Facebook like because they blame Obama for everything right and so I'm like there's a volcano that erupted in Mexico oh, is, it, uh, is it the thanks Obama yeah 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 it's like line yeah, yeah okay. exactly I'm like you know uh, like there's a volcano that erupted in, in Mexico which is actually true there is actually an active volcano in Mexico and there's been no uh, injuries luckily uh, and that's all Obama's fault yeah, mm-hmm. just or there's we we had the the Horizon uh, spacecraft went by photographed uh, uh, Pluto, and and you, you know beautiful photographs, but we saw that there's no intelligent life there, and that's Obama's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just kind of blaming him for random things, I think is kind of funny. And uh, I'm going again because uh, at this point, I'll, I'll, we got into comedy in the '87. Yes. You, you you did the show at your restaurant, right? How did that go? Did that go well? <laughs> it was interesting. Uh, okay, so so the I used to do impersonations and I used to do cartoon voices and stuff like that. I bring some of them back, but I was I did Ronald Reagan as a pervert, and so um, I rem- and I also did Reagan rapping and I did some other things. He was a sitting president of the United States at the time, and then you had Nancy Reagan, who was the uh, the first lady. So I did Reagan as a pervert where he was like, you know, oh, Nancy, oh, Nancy, I'm going to smack that ass, going to smack that ass. And I would do, I'd run around the whole stage. And uh, then I looked out at the audience and they're just stunned. Silence. Silence. Oh, no. And, and this look of like, what the <laughs> hell was that? <laughs> okay. And that was my first time on stage, you know. Uh-huh. And so uh, I brought that back actually more recently telling that story because in actually doing the routine, doing the physical part of the routine yeah. uh, too, because for people to fully get it, this is obviously audio, not video. So I can't really do it here, but, right. uh, but I do it during the routine and people go like, Oh my God, that's hilarious. You know, now, uh-huh. but at the time, you know, he was sitting president being like me doing this with, uh, Obama. Bra- Barack Obama and, yeah. and, uh, you know, you know, you know, Michelle, I can never get his voice down, by the way. Barack Obama? Barack Obama. You know, he has that. There's a lot of uh, ums and a lot of... Yeah. Uh, Very know. thoughtful. Th- you know? Yeah. Yeah, he, he has that pregnant pause like Bill Shatner. <laughs> and you never see them in the same place at the same time. So what I'm saying is that the birthers had it right because, after all, Bill Shatner was born in Canada. <laughs> yes, he was. I'm, I'm just saying. He's Canadian. He, he is. Now, so you bombed the first time you did comedy. At what point were you like, okay, I want to keep doing this? That night. That night. Yeah, because I was going like, um, nothing was thrown at me. You know, I got some laughs and some stuff. And if anyone, you know, see, I'm very lucky. And a lot of people don't understand how comedy works. When you first start out, you usually do an open mic. You usually go out and you kind of work on your material. You get it all kind of down and then you get a show. I got a show without having an open mic. So it's like complete opposite of what is normal. Uh, but the fact that I actually got people to laugh and the whole thing, and there was this uh, Virginia Flanagan, uh, probably saw my second or third performance. She was an old uh, stand-up comic. Uh, she's in her late 90s now, but she was a, a stand-up comic uh, at the time. And she said, you know, when you're recognized out there for what you've done on stage, cherish it because that means that you're starting to get recognized. And, you know, I can work with you. I can actually get you to be better. And so I did. I She was like a mentor to me. But it's kind of like, it's funny because like it's like my second, third time out. And someone saying that to me, yeah, it, it's like it's very supportive. Uh, yeah, very supportive, and something that's never uh, it doesn't happen enough, you know. Really, you don't feel uh, today's comics are very supportive of each other. 
It depends on where you are and it depends on who it is. Um, so, for example... Have you had experiences where somebody just was not supportive of, of you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have a lot of haters. I have a lot of people that really cannot stand me. And it's... Why do you think that is? I have no idea. Because uh, I don't have a problem with them. Uh, they seem to have a problem with me. And they tend to call me out on uh, pub- social media a lot. And so, uh, and usually, you know, comics have their own rooms. Like, uh, they'll have like, uh, there's Bay Area Comedy Network. There's right. the Nor- Northern California Comedy. Uh, you know, if if you actually look in the comment section, pretty much whenever I post something, uh, you'll see. <laughs> it, it it oh boy, people. Uh, there are some people that just really do not like me, and you know what? I don't really care because it's like I'm just out there doing my own thing. Well, why do you feel like you're a target here? I have no idea. Uh, honestly, I, I don't. Okay. Uh, the only thing I can think of is, the, may, I don't know, jealousy or or uh, they just don't. They maybe they think I'm uh, ugly and I don't know. Or or uh, maybe, maybe uh, they go like he's left-handed. I can't stand. Are him. they making fun of your looks? Are they making fun of your jokes? I mean, wh- no. They they just say that I'm not funny. That I'm a horrible comic. That um, really, yeah, yeah. Wow, you have yeah. quite adversary over there. Uh, yeah. There's like two or three of them, but there's one that's political. That's particularly on a political level uh well no he's i i shouldn't say political I, he's particularly on a mission uh we'll say uh, really you feel like someone's making a mission to to oh, bring and, you and, down and, well and i know who it is too so it's like it's not a big deal it's like um, that's pretty extreme don't you think to someone to dedicate time and, and energy it's on kind somebody? of it, it's kind of flattering in a way because it means that that i'm uh for, you hit a nerve for sure yeah yeah which means that i'm doing something right no. Here's the weird part of it: is he's gone as far as going to the producers of the shows that I am booked for, and telling them that I'm going to ruin their show. Um, and of course, all that happens is then the producer comes back to me and says, "What's with this guy? Were you guys friends at one point?" No, uh, I mean I didn't really know him. Uh, we I knew of him, but I and I'm not going to say a name. But so something got fucked in there and I'm yeah. trying to figure out were you guys friends something went wrong yeah, you, uh, were you dating his chick I don't know well no I, I've been married for what tw- well actually I've been with my wife for 20, 26 years I've, we've been married which is for, quite an accomplishment uh, man. Well, well thank you wow. I've been married for, for 22 and um, and so it's kind of like I, I don't know I think uh, he did mention one thing about like uh, that you didn't put your, you, you haven't paid your dues you haven't put your time in and uh, that that you're lying about, you know, starting in the '80s. I can I actually have fin- friends and family, and fans that from the old days that I can just say, here, here's a list of people if that's what what the problem is, and you can call them up or talk to them, and they'll tell you, yeah, I was there when he performed in 1987 so, or '88 or whenever. So your credible your credibility as a uh, long-standing comedian is put in, in, into into uh, target. Like, is is that the issue yeah. here? Well, that 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 seems to be what his major issue is. Um, and uh, it's like, well, I can prove it. I mean, I, I can't really prove it. One of the things he, uh, that was said to me was, well, there's no video of you from then. I'm like, okay, well, here's my thing uh, from an outsider. Uh-huh. Who gives a fuck? Exactly. Like, 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 uh, <laughs> like uh, were you more successful than he is and he's bitter about it? Or I, I think that might be part of it, you know, because I actually, it, it's funny because like, um, one, why would I lie about that? Because even if I went with just when I was Johnny Corn and not, Psycho cow. That would have been like 2003 to now. That's still a lot of experience. Well, the year, look at it. If you're a year in or 10 years in, yeah, and you're good, you're you're good, right? 
Yeah. So, but, and so there's no reason really for me to, to lie. And there's an, a lot of people that were there that are still around. I've fallen out of contact with some of them, but a lot of them have been around for the entire, you know, duration or pretty close to it. And so it's like, you know, uh, but with, with, um, but I've done two commercials, um, and there's a couple others that are kind of in the works, but they, they're not released yet. Uh, I was an extra in a movie coming out in November. Um, I've been headlining different places. And so it's like, it, maybe it's the level of work that I'm doing that, that, that's the issue. You mm. know, I, I don't know. I, I, and for the new comics, how, how do you think they should deal with such a thing? Brush it off. You know, here's the thing. When you start getting haters, and this is just generally true, whether you're a musician, comic, whatever, when you start getting haters, you're doing something right. Uh, because what ends up happening is don't stoop to their level. Stay above it and just use it as an inspiration to do even better. Hmm. That's it. That's all. If someone comes up to you and he says, hey, I'm like, uh, don't in- engage them. Okay. You know, just don't engage them. Let them say what they're going to say because haters going to hate and um, not to, to oh God Taylor Swift. Okay, well, but she has. Oh, a, really? But, you, but you she, went ha- there? she has a point. She, she does. She does. She has a point. You got to shake it off. I got to shake it off. <laughs> and and I was going to go. Like, you just got to shake it off. And then I realized, oh God, there was a song. Shoot. Mm. How about yeah. uh, any tips for any new comics coming up that you recommend? I mean, you've been in this game for so long. Well, there, there's a couple things. Um, one of which is, uh, I'll tell you what I do is that I record every single show that I ever do. And then I look at it and uh, I critique myself. So I go like, but you have to do it without like being angry or upset. You just have to be objective when you're looking at it and go like, oh, my timing was a little bit off there. The joke didn't hit well there. And then, um, but what's more important is look at when you really killed and when you didn't. Look at both videos and see what you did differently. Mm Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's been valuable. I didn't have access to videos when I first started because it was so expensive to record anything. Or it was VHS. It was VHS. It was, uh, uh, yeah. It's like $1,000 for a camcorder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I didn't record the early stuff. It just, it, you know, I added on a cassette, but unfortunately they degraded to the point where it's like, you know, oh well. Um, but so uh, I had Rocky and Bullwinkle, which I put up on, on uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's, I think it's on the internet too. But it's the only bit of video or uh, audio, I should say, that was actually salvageable out of that whole cassette. And try, still trying to find other ones. But what you do is you have the advantage of technology now. So because you have the advantage of technology, record every set. Hmm. Don't look at it right away. Because there's sometimes when you think you did really horribly, and then you look at that, and you go like, oh, I actually did better than I thought I did. You know? and there's certain times when you go like, I nailed it. And then you look at it later and go like, oh, my timing was off there. My timing was off there. And you see some things that, that weren't there. So your perspective your, your, uh, may not be correct. Right. It, those, those, that definitely applies to screenwriting as well. From a screenwriter. Yeah. Is, is once you finish writing the first draft, don't start editing it. Take a couple of days or even a week. Yeah, take some time off. And then take a look with fresh pair of eyes. Now, now and that's that's exactly it. The other thing that I would say uh, to to uh, new comics that are coming up is always write, observe, look. And if you have a joke, it doesn't fit into your routine, and this happens to me all the time, put it aside. Don't get rid of it. Put it aside and then wait because something else may pop up, and then you go, oh, wait a second, that goes with that, and then you can put them together, mm-hmm. you know. 
the way I write is I write with uh, segments because I do all sorts of different times and so I can actually insert or, uh, or take out segments so it makes it the right length for whatever I'm performing it's better than rewriting everything who are some of your influences in comedy oh Bob Newhart Moms Mabley um, unfortunately Bill Cosby uh, who I'm so disappointed with um, and then we also have uh, some of the comics uh, like um, George Carlin uh, his activism was just awesome. Uh, Lenny Bruce, yeah. Lenny Bruce, yeah. Talk, you know, earlier we were talking about Vasu getting uh, prison for comedy. Oh, he had a hard Lenny, time. Yeah, man. he did. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I I listened to like the button now by mind of Bob Newhart so many times. Particularly, there's this track where he's uh, a um, driving instructor, and as a little kid, that just hit me so hard. That I would listen to it over and over. I wore out my dad's record. It's, that's how often I played it. Yeah, you know, but but definitely uh, those were influences. Uh, Ellen, um, to a certain extent. Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the though, 80s, yeah. Yeah, you know, because like, I saw her, and um, I actually Chelsea Handler uh, wasn't really as much of an influence as much as I admire her um, um, guts. And, and saying some of the stuff that she's saying, you know, like, I just thought that was fantastic, you know. Mm. Yeah. Robin Williams, who I did have the pleasure of actually meeting, um, was a giant influence on me. Mork and Mindy, from that point forward, I was just like, I, I, I just want to be like this guy, you know. And then I, I was lucky enough to, to meet him a couple times. Um, so I took it really hard when he passed away because I didn't really know him that well. All right. But is the first celebrity that I actually met that passed away. Hmm. You know, how'd so. you meet him? Uh, okay, so I was up in San Francisco doing a set, and then you know he would pop in and do sets for um, different shows. And so uh, you know, you never knew when he was going to arrive. He was just you know he lived he was he's a San Francisco comedy uh, person. You know, he's a part of the community. So I'm doing my I'm in the middle of doing my routine. I look off to the side and I see him, and um, so I'm like, oh crap! And so I kept doing you know the routine. I get off, I uh, and then he ended up coming up after. So uh, and everybody else pretty much got bumped, um, but because he had actually, I guess, walked in when I started. When I right about the time I started, or a little bit before I started my routine, mm -hmm. so he saw pretty much the entire thing. So we talked a little bit after, and um, I did. I I didn't want to geek out, um, but I so I was thinking to myself, say something, say anything, say. <laughs> just and so i said <laughs> so i said hi uh and, and then i said what, what do you think of the routine he goes like johnny corn's an interesting name <laughs> what how did he come up with that and so he kind of put me at ease you know but he said you know you have that lovable neurotic guy down yeah. and i'm like oh, i wasn't trying to be neurotic <laughs> it's just you know so um but he was so nice you know that that is oh sorry That's okay. that, that, yeah that was my my knee um he was so nice that I just was like, God, I really like this guy, you know? Um, and I can't say anything bad about him. I didn't know him real well, but you know, I at least had the chance to meet him. You Did know? you meet a celebrity where it wasn't so nice? Uh, a, a few, but it's funny because like, um, I don't like talking to people. So I don't, if, if someone does something really, really nice, mm -hmm. 
and is a cool person, then I'll I'll tell them is a cool person. If if they're a total jackass, then I'm not going to mention their name. <laughs> you know, that's fair enough. All right, Johnny Corn. Yes, we, we hit the uh, one hour mark. Oh, awesome! Uh, thanks for uh, for coming. Uh, any upcoming shows you want to plug in, or any any upcoming causes that you're trying to? Uh, well, I I think the easiest thing, uh, particularly since people may not hear this like right away, they may hear this later. Uh, so cool. so probably the the best thing to do is uh, at comic Johnny Corn on Twitter. Or Johnny Corn on Facebook, or if they want to friend me on uh, uh, John Nalty N A L T Y, and I'll I'll accept their friend. You know yeah. that's fine with me until I run out of ability to do that. <laughs> if I max out, then I max out. But yeah, uh, but yeah, just check check me out. Uh, hashtag Johnny Corn, that J O H N N Y C O R N. Uh, the Off the Hook comedy shows. Uh, off the Hook has its own page on Facebook. So Off the Hook comedy uh, is so you what you do is you go um, on Facebook and just look up Off the Hook comedy, and if you look at it on Google or Yahoo, it's the one in Campbell, not the one in Florida. Oh yeah, don't go to Florida. <laughs> okay, uh. I'm I'm California based. I'm a San Francisco Bay Area comic. Uh. Not 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 um, I'm I'm not out of Florida. And uh, if it, some people want to know more about Vasu Primalani. Yeah, so uh, there's a page on Facebook which is Free Comedian Vasu Primalani. Now, if you can't remember that, go into either Facebook or Twitter and use the hashtag Free Vasu, F R E E V A S U, Free Vasu, and uh, it will pop up everything. Uh, there's an interview actually with her on the Free Comedian Vasu Primalani site that uh tells her whole story in her own words um that michael uh gilkissen was the um the guy that was the um interviewer hmm. um and it's very telling okay well johnny corn thank you for coming well Appreciate thank you for having me Appreciate it. It.